0: Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I am Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. A little later in the show, we're going to talk about the University of Michigan's proposal to guarantee free tuition for low-income families. Who is going to be affected by that? How are they going to pay for this? And will this change the makeup of the student body at the University of Michigan, which has become whiter and wealthier than it was, for instance, when I was a student there uh, a long time ago. We won't get into how many years that is. Uh, but first, last week on the day of the shooting at congressional baseball practice in Alexandria, Virginia, we heard from Congressman Mike Bishop, who was there when the shots rang out. He was clearly and understandably really rattled when WDET's Pat Bachelor talked with him just an hour after the violence took place. At the end of the conversation, Bishop said something that I noted that I think is worth noting again, beyond his telling of the horrific scene.
1: and yeah, This has changed everything. I have not I have not had a chance to process all of this, but uh, clearly this has changed everything as we know it. Uh, we're going to have to rethink every every different uh, thing that we do.
0: This changes everything. This has changed everything. We're going to have to rethink everything everything we do. When Congressman Bishop said that, a lot of us here at the station posed the question on social media. What will this violence change? We've seen in some very extreme cases that gun violence in America only makes us politically dug in. Our ideals become more deeply entrenched. It's hard to imagine any changes coming out of this that would lead to more gun control, for instance, or even a rational debate around changes to gun laws. But If we're trying to find what could change because of this shooting in a bipartisan manner, it could be civility in Washington. On the morning of the shooting, Democrats were also at baseball practice for the charity game. Since the moment the shooting happened, Democrats and Republicans have largely presented a united front, one that's rooted in care on a personal level rather than vitriol on a political spectrum. At the charity baseball game, there were a few strong images that emerged One of them, a picture of Republican Mike Bishop hugging another Michigander, Democrat Dan Kilby. What will change in Washington? What will change in Congress? And is it getting people's hopes up falsely? to talk about change in a chamber that has become so entrenched in political animosity that is defined by this obstinance that uh, says that if you're in one party, you can't even talk to somebody in another party. That's where we want to start the show today. What can change in Congress? What will change in Congress? We want to hear from you. What would you like to see change in Congress? Do you Believe that uh, the last week's shooting gives us an opportunity to go in a different direction. Do you think that the members of Congress will seize on that and actually do things differently? Uh, if you would like to see them work differently, what would that look like? Would it look like more socializing together? Uh, lots of lots of people who served in Congress a long time ago talk about how they used to hang out together, they used to go to the bar together, they used to sit around and smoke cigars together on the the balconies at the Capitol. Nowadays, it's a really different place. It's a really uh, more pugnacious relationship that, uh, that Congress people have across the aisle. So do you think we have an opportunity to change that? Would you like to see them change the way they socialize, which might change the way they legislate, or do you just need them to get down to work and start passing things that make sense for the country, regardless of whether they're Democrats or Republicans. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we will work your comments into the conversation. And joining me now to talk about what the mood is like in Congress and in Washington today is Dan Kildee, a Democratic congressman from Flint Township. He wrote about civility in the wake of the shooting for CNN, Dan, welcome to Detroit today.
2: Thank you, Stephen, for having me on. Yeah. Uh,
0: so I talked about that image, uh, you hugging Mike Bishop during the baseball game. Uh, I, I was stunned to see that, as I think most people here in Michigan who know the two of you might have been stunned. Uh, talk about what that means beyond beyond that that symbol, beyond that gesture.
2: Well, I think, it, you know, I think it demonstrates something that is not well known, and that is even before the shooting. You know, we have relationships across party lines. We don't celebrate them, they're not open, and they're certainly not the subject of much news coverage, because it's not interesting, right? But it, the truth of the matter is, the folks uh, on the other side of the aisle, the people who play on that team, for example, a lot of them are my friends. The first call I made from our dugout as we were, you know, basically sheltering in place uh, was to John Molinar to see how he's doing, to see if he was okay. We were really kind of worried about about our friends um, on the Republican team. Uh, so it's, in in some ways, while this is a moment that emphasizes that we have this sort of humanity that we can demonstrate and it's okay to demonstrate the truth of the matter is below the surface it's always been there we just we just don't celebrate it the way we should and unfortunately that presents to the public an image that is made largely of the anger and the divisiveness and the differences and that's not helpful yeah well
0: those anger that anger and those differences and that divisiveness they've become more pronounced i mean it's i it's not just the impression i think that people get it's that in, in the areas where you disagree the disagreement often is predicate for things either not getting done or things getting done on overwhelmingly partisan uh, uh, terms uh, you you've you've got this this attitude that if the Congress is controlled by one party, and the White House is controlled by another. That it can't, it, that nothing can get done without uh, the other side feeling like it loses. That's that's different, uh, at least from my memory of of being in Washington, and and certainly from people who I've talked to who were there for a really long time. I mean, John Dingell, who we both know well. Uh, retired from Congress a few years ago, saying it just wasn't the same place anymore, that you yeah. couldn't get things done the way he was used to
2: being able to do it. And there's no doubt about it. And I guess the, the point seems to be that the differences are emphasized. They are magnified for whatever reason. They're embraced. And I think to a certain extent, it's the political parties and the mechanism of the parties that exploits those differences for short-term gain. And I think it's really incumbent on those of us who hold office to not become part of that machinery, to, to, to basically stand on our own two feet and push back. And I think one of the things that I'm hoping for is that the change that occurs is one that is largely manifest in Democrats calling out Democrats when they cross the line and Republicans doing the same for their own when they cross the line. You know, it's conventional for us to criticize the other side when they engage in extreme speech. That's, that's expected. And in fact, to me, it's just another example of sort of the exploitation of differences. It's a, it's a form of extreme speech in itself. If there's going to be a change, and this is what I'm pushing my colleagues on, if there's going to be a change in tone that comes from this terrible, terrible day that that occurred last week, it has to be that we police ourselves, that we somehow take responsibility for what we all contribute as as individuals and as, as groups that we're members of, and not just default to the position that when the other side does it, we're going to criticize them. And when our side, or somebody that we happen to agree with, engages in extreme speech, like the Kathy Griffin image, for example, sure, we can't just let that go, that's outrageous. We have to say that, uh, otherwise it's, it's it's you know we're just being as exploitive um, as, we, as we are if we're using that very language ourselves yeah uh,
0: do you can you talk about the last? six days or whatever it's been the things that you've seen that suggest to you that you're headed in that direction, the things that you may have noticed from your colleagues on both on your side of the aisle and on the other side of the aisle that say, Hey, this, there, this is an opportunity to do something different.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's mostly in just the interpersonal relationships, the conversations that we have uh, walking down the hallway in the Capitol. Um, you know those those fact that we sort of hug one another on that baseball field. You know that's been repeated over and over again on the floor of the house, in the halls of the office buildings, in the halls of the Capitol. I think there's an understanding that that we've just all come through something, and you know it, it's the same thing that people I represent go through every single day. People who feel like they're threatened. Uh, in some ways, it's it's kind of an interesting moment in that respect. But for for us. We will see whether or not this is a real turning point. It's, it won't be a turning point just because of the event by itself. If it changes, and if like the last six or seven days, six days I guess, um, will continue, it's because we choose to make it different. It's not going to happen uh, naturally, organically. It has to be Intentional. And that's why I think it's good that we talk about it like
0: this. Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Dan Kildee, Democratic congressman from Flint Township. Uh, we are talking about civility and working together, working across the political aisles after after last week's horrible attack of congressmen who were practicing for the congressional baseball game in Alexandria, Virginia, Uh, what can change in Washington as a result of this? What should change? Do we need more civility in general? Or are we, as some would say, too politically correct and we need to be more honest with each other about how we feel? Give us a call if you want to join the conversation. Tell us how you think Congress might change or should change after this horrific incident. Three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number on the phones. That's three one three five seven seven one zero one nine. Especially call if you think this talk about civility is all overblown. If you just think partisanship has been part of politics in this country since uh, Thomas Jefferson versus uh, John Adams, um, and maybe that's just the way. Maybe that's just the way it should go. And we just have to sort of adjust to it and make sure it doesn't spill over into violence, but that the partisanship and the rancor is just part of our politics. Uh, again, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number. Uh, you can also go to the WDT Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today and we'll work your comments into the conversation. Zach on Twitter says, uh, we have to get back to the the days where we could confirm people like Antonin Scalia or Ruth Bader Ginsburg with 90 plus votes. Country first, not party. Uh, Kenneth, who could not stay on the phone, who called in, said, "Uh, I don't think this is going to change anything. Maybe it's kumbaya in the short run, but it won't change the long term. The culture Stays the same. Uh, two diverging points there. Uh, about this again, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number on the phones. Um, uh, let's go to uh, let's go to Angela in Detroit. Angela, welcome Hello. to Detroit today. Um, go ahead.
1: I'm calling because I think it's important that we say that the media has some role in how we perceive Congress and how it operates. Absolutely. The fact that Dan Kildee could say, you know, these are my friends. But that would never get reported because it's not the song we're singing right now. We're we're focusing on division. We're focusing on the fight. And that's what the popular awareness is. And there certainly are terrible divisions and tea parties and all that stuff that are part of the picture. But um, it's sort of like... You always write about man bites dog, never <laughs> dog bites man. Right, right. That's, no, well, Angela, I, I think that's
0: I think that's a totally fair a totally fair point and a, and a valid criticism. Thanks very much for the call and for making that point, uh, uh, Dan Kildee. If there were something that the media could do differently, what would you think? What would you think it would be? I mean, uh, th- there are reasons that the the arguments in Congress. Get headlines, and and as we pointed out earlier, those arguments are about really important things. They are about substantive things. They have ground to a halt. The business of government, uh, many times, at least in recent years. But but should we be looking at some? Should we be looking at some other things and highlighting some other things that might paint a different picture of Congress?
2: Well, I think there. Yes, I think clearly there are there is a need for more in-depth and, I think, substantive uh, reporting on the real work that we're doing because uh, the, the thing that gets attention isn't necessarily the the hard work of legislating and the, and the deep policy decisions that we're trying to make. But if we, we could have a hearing that lasts for three hours and explore in depth the causes of poverty in America, just for example. Sure. Um, which we 've done, and i 've participated in that, but if somebody says one thing that is you know outrageous, that will be the story for the day and the reaction to the outrageous thing that was said, and the tweets reacting to the reaction to the outrageous things that were said and that is the sort of vicious circle that we go down. And, and I think the problem that we face, and, and I, I think the political leaders have to take individual responsibility for what they do to contribute to that. But in some ways, not entirely, what we're talking about is a, a reflection on society in general. Uh, that What you get in the political world is in many ways a mirror image of what's taking place in general in society. Very short term, very immediate uh, interest, you know, the need for immediate gratification, uh, not the longer, deeper, more thoughtful approach to the big questions that we face. And, you know, the answer to that question is more complicated than just having politicians use a more civil tone. Um, it, I think it has to do with us getting away from thinking about big questions the way we used to thinking about how significant these questions are and really having a national conversation. It's very difficult to do that now.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's go to, let's go to Dave in Clinton Township. Dave, welcome to Detroit today.
1: Hi. Um, I was, I was uh, thinking that uh, this has been going on for, for uh, decades now. Um, and it's and it started uh, with the freshman Republican congressman when Newt Gingrich told the, not to move to, Washington, D.C., keep your families back home. His premises were that you need to stay closer to your constituents, but his primary reason was he didn't want them to be humanized, to think like, uh, to meet other Democrats. Uh, David Monier, who's a a former congressman, is a friend of mine, um, said that he used to sit on Friday nights at the football game. Uh, with a Republican on one side and another Republican on the other side and maybe two Democrats and another Republican, because their common denominator was their kids playing football. Uh, when, it, when they stopped moving their families to Washington, people didn't get to know each other. And that's the way the Republican leadership, and, and I, I don't mean there aren't some Democrats that think the same, but it, it, when you humanize, like I think the, the, we were just hearing about earlier, when you when you start thinking about poverty in the terms of it's not a choice, um, it's 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 where you live. It's a zip code. Um, it's uh, it isn't it isn't somebody's uh, it isn't somebody's birthright. Right. Uh, uh, you know, we we aren't we aren't born the same. And and Newt Gingrich didn't want people to start re- learning about that. And David Vayner quit politics for that reason. He couldn't take it anymore. And I'm extremely proud to to my congressman David Vayner. Huh.
0: Yeah, D- Dave. Uh, thank you very much. For that, for that uh, call and that, and that comment, Dan Kildee, what if you guys spent more time in Washington? What if you would spent less time at home, working on constituent issues or <clears throat> or campaigning or the, the you know the the, the various things that uh, that you end up doing instead of bonding with the folks in Washington?
2: Yeah, I think that the, the caller makes an extremely good point. Um, it's a combination of. The, the distance we, ha- we, we have between members of Congress, because most of the time, right at the end of the last vote on a Thursday or a Friday, everyone is making a beeline for the airport to get back home, to get out there and you know, campaign or do whatever, whatever it is that they, they plan on doing. And in a more thoughtful approach to this, we wouldn't do that. We wouldn't, we wouldn't be so obsessive about the next election the day after the last election that we would actually focus on doing our jobs and if we did that we would by nature have to spend more time working with one another and getting to know one another so that it it makes a huge difference that in the last really thirty years you've seen a dramatic change in the way congress operates uh... we fly in on mondays we fly out on thursday or friday and there's very little time for members of Congress to actually get to know one another as, as individuals, to understand what they, you know, what, what makes them tick. And, you know, that sounds kind of, I, I guess, uh, Pollyanna, but it's really true. You know, you can't uh, demonize somebody. There's somebody once said you can't hate up close. Right. If you right. get to know somebody and get to understand them. It's much harder to do. It's much harder.
0: Uh, let's take one more call here. Um, Daniel in Detroit. Daniel, welcome to Detroit Today.
1: You know, I, I've been thinking about this. I listen to your show. I'm a frequent caller. And uh, I really feel like it's time for a new party. And I'd like to ask Dan if he'd consider starting a new party down <laughs> the middle, reach across the aisle, get some moderate Republicans, some moderate Democrat, Democrats, Democrats campaign on a campaign finance reform platform, maybe take no more than $5,000 a year from anybody, no super PACs are allowed to take any more than $5,000, and get this country moving.
0: Dan, uh, wonderful, wonderful suggestion from my point of view. I'm really curious what Dan Kildee, a Democratic congressman from our state, would say to
2: that. Well, you know, I I agree with the issues that he that the gentleman that Daniel raises, um, campaign finance reform, all those things. The truth of the matter is, um, I, I'm not, I'm, I guess I'm not convinced... You're not going to start the
0: Kildee party? <laughs>
2: yeah, right. I'm not convinced another party wouldn't somehow just fall into the same trap, because if, and here's, and, and I, I don't dismiss the notion that there might be at some point in time another party, and that may be a possibility, but... I think we're looking, for, we're looking for a shortcut to deal with the real problem, and that is no matter how many parties we have, if we can't bridge the difference between these parties or these factions, as the framers would have called them, if we can't figure out how to reconcile those differences, then we're not going to be able to solve the big problems that we face. So a, 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 if we had a third party that was sort of the middle what I think you'd end up seeing as factions within that party um, that are that are sort of at war with one another. The way right now you see within the Republican Party, there are factions within their party that make it difficult for them to get things done. I mean, keep in mind, uh, the Republican uh, Party controls the House, the Senate, and the White House. And still can't and get anything done. we've been, yeah. what, five and a half months into this when they haven't been able to produce a single piece of substantive legislation. So even within parties, there are factions that make it difficult to get things done unless people are willing to compromise.
0: Yeah. I mean, it is less a function of, of party than it is, I think, of culture. I think this is a deeply divided nation, and that is being reflected in Congress more than – the idea that Congress or the parties are leading that division. They are both trying to sort of figure their way through this really, really uh, 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 bitter uh, disagreement that that we're having. And and I'm not sure that changing a party and making a a new party down the middle would, would, would change it. So... All right. it's, a great, it's a great suggestion in theory. I'm not sure in practice it would get us anything different. All right. Dan Kildee, Democratic congressman from Flint Township. Thanks, as always, for joining us My on Detroit today. Thank right. you. Yep. We'll talk to you soon. Up next, we are going to talk about the University of Michigan's recent announcement that it's going to provide free tuition for in-state families making $65,000 or less per year. Stay with us on Detroit Today.